0: My name is Robin Mellenbeck. I am a clinical psychologist, and I'm the director for the George Mason University Center for Community Mental Health. Our Center for Community Mental Health, we're actually the main training clinic for doctoral students in clinical psychology here at Mason um, who are studying to become psychologists, but we also train other behavioral health providers, including counseling students and social work students. Um, And our mission is not only to train these folks to become the next generation of behavioral health providers, but also to provide the -the state-of-the-art, you know, highest quality, culturally sensitive services, mental health services to the community. So we actually serve the entire community. We see kids as young as age five all the way through the lifespan. Um, We have some specialty services for our veterans. Um, We're doing therapy services. We're doing testing services. And so it's really the mission is twofold, to train the next generation of providers as well as to provide um, accessible and affordable, high-quality, culturally sensitive services to our community.
1: How does... uh with students coming in, how important is, it, is the real life experience for them to succeed?
0: Oh, it's absolutely critical. Um, you know, we take it very seriously that, you know, our clients are bringing in really critical issues in their life um, and often, you know, some really significant mental health issues that they want help with. And so our students need that experience to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing to best help our clients. Um, I guess I guess your question that around what do they need it as real life, you know, if we just had actors, it, there, there's no way that they would be adequately trained to be able to help people in the future. So, you know, by having clients come in being willing to work with the students, knowing that the licensed supervisors are watching or listening to almost everything they're doing. Um, you know, it gives, it gives both a sense of protection for our clients, knowing that the licensed folks are really making sure that the students are doing what they need to do. And it gives this incredible experience to the students so that they're better prepared to help people once they're done with their training.
1: And uh, the building you're in now is a, a brand new area for you. How important is that to shape the coverage for the community?
0: Um, I think it's, it's again, very important. You know, this, this new space where we moved in September allows us to be in the heart of Fairfax um, on the bus line. Cause again, we want it to be accessible and you know, for anyone in the community to be able to reach us free parking, if we were on campus, that would not be happening, Um, and, you know, to have this kind of a professional setting both sets the expectations for our trainees because they are acting, they are professionals, and I think reassures clients that we expect the professional um, behavior here and, and the professional help that they deserve would occur here in the center.
1: What inspired you to get into the mental health field?
0: I have always um, wanted to really understand how behaviors and thoughts um, kind of affect our life experience. And also to help when somebody is struggling for them to be able to develop the skills to... um, be able to take charge of their own life. And, you know, obviously that has evolved over my career. Um, You know, I think I initially was very naive and just wanted to help people. (laughs) And at this point, it's more that I really wanna make sure that we're training people in the best ways to help people so that folks really are able to be empowered to live their best lives. Um, and that is very important to me.
1: Have you seen uh, the stigma of just talking about mental health lessening?
0: Lessening. Um, that was not what I expected you to ask. <laughs> um, I do. In the, in the younger generations, I think there is an, a lot more acceptance of the idea that most people struggle with some anxiety, depression at some point in their lives, that it's okay to ask for help and to get the skills for that. Um, I think that the younger generations are much more open about, okay, mental health matters. I know that's kind of like the, the, the tagline, but, um, but I do think that they take that very seriously. Um, And we do hear a lot more, particularly from the younger generations, that it is more acceptable. Having said that, I don't think that's true for all cultural and marginalized communities. Um, I think we still have a lot of work to do to make sure that folks from different cultures, different backgrounds, um, different lived experiences feel comfortable asking for help and receiving it in a way that makes sense in their lives.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the programs you have?
0: Absolutely, so here at the Center for Community Mental Health, um, we offer therapy service, um, so individual therapy, some group therapies, um, occasionally couples therapy, family therapy, We also offer testing, um, and this is particularly important often for the kids who may have learning disabilities, um, emotional struggles that are impacting their ability to learn, um, ADHD, dyslexia, so those kind of things. We do a very comprehensive assessment. Those reports are then taken to the schools, and the schools really um, value the recommendations and the data in those reports. So that is kind of the more traditional mental health services. All of those, by the way, we have a sliding scale. I mentioned earlier that we want to be accessible and affordable. We don't want finances to be a barrier to receiving those services. So our highest fees um, are about a half to a third of what is charged in the community and then it goes down from there we have people who are paying five dollars for a therapy session because that's all they can do now the data the research does show that paying something for a service actually helps you get better faster (laughs) and value the service more so we try not to do free services but we will work with anybody around what they need um, to do to um, be able to afford the services. We don't want finances to be a barrier. So with that, we have an, an additional program that is called our stepped care model. We run two emotional support lines, one in English and one in Spanish, 12 hours a day, seven days a week, where people can call, anyone in the community can call and just receive some emotional support. They're not crisis lines, if, if, they're, if someone is in crisis, they will be directed to the crisis line. But this we have found that a lot of people will call just to get a little bit of support, just to get a few basic skills that will help them kind of cope with whatever they're going through at that time. That line is free, anonymous, and confidential. We don't ask names. We don't ask. Um, the only thing we ask is what um, county you live in. And we have to do that so that we can fund yeah. <laughs> um, the this service. Um, but really, that is, that's a free service for the community, again, in English and Spanish. From the second step is if somebody is interested, they're able to get up to three what we call um, brief intervention sessions and what that means it's like trying out therapy but getting some coping skills right away so you're not gonna get into deep um, a lot of background in those but you are gonna get coping skills that will help with your current situation those three sessions we keep no wait lists for you literally fill out a form on, on our website You'll be contacted and connected with the therapist very quickly. Um, those are telehealth and those, are, those cost $25 a session you know, for each up to three sessions. And again, the idea behind that is to really help bridge while somebody might be on a waiting list um, for longer term services. Some people may not even need longer term services. Some people just need some coping skills right now. And, that, and then that's all they need. Um, again, if the $25 is too much, we will work with people to reduce that. We also try to receive grants. Um, I work on writing grants. Um, so for example, if you live in Prince William County, you can get those three sessions for free because Prince William County um, has awarded us some grants that cover the cost of those sessions for any Prince William resident. Our hope is to make those free for everybody, um, if we can write more grants. <laughs> yeah.
1: So for me, I live with uh, bipolar disorder too, and I'm getting uh, the treatment I need, but it really affects my wife and kids mm-hmm. as well. How important is it to make sure, you know, the family is helped as well?
0: I, I'm glad you asked me that question because it is critical. You know, any time that somebody has a mental um, health issue in the family, it affects everybody. Um, and sometimes, again, all the family members need is just a little extra support. Sometimes, coping skills are really important. And a lot of times, when I've I've uh, seen families, they want to know how best to help their loved one. And again, some of the the programs across the state. You know, whether it's support groups through NAMI, whether it's um, through the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, our program, um, the Center for Community Mental Health, and then there's other nonprofits too in the area that really try to also support families. And so, absolutely, if, if one member of the family is struggling, and I say this about mental health or physical health. Um, you know, anything that happens in a family unit is going to affect everybody else. And we want to support everybody.
1: What do you do to help your own mental health?
0: Great question. So to do my own mental health, my, my number one, and my family will agree with this is I do go to a gym. Um, I am what they call a social workout person. (laughs) So I need it to be a group setting and I have found a group of folks who also go to the same workout program and And that is a big mental and physical health support for me is is getting that physical activity with this group um, you know, several to many times a week if I can, usually you know, three to four. Um, but I also like to read. I take time for myself to read. And then most importantly, I really try to spend a little bit of quality time with a family member or a good friend each day. Um, that means, again, for me, I recognize that that social connection is one of my biggest resilience factors in, in maintaining my mental health. And so I just very intentionally make sure that I'm you know, growing that connection, whether it's with my husband or my kids. Or a friend, or the friends from the gym—you know, just a little something every day. So those are probably the biggest things. Where do you want
1: to see the center say in the next three to five years?
0: That's a great question, and we are actually working on that right now to think about—you know—what does our next five years look like? You know, ideally, I would love for us to have no wait list. I think the biggest frustration for anybody who needs mental health services is, is obtaining them or wants them to, you know, needs or wants, obtaining them when they're ready. And we have a real crisis right now where it's really hard for people to get the services when they need them. Um, there are wait lists everywhere for kids, for adults. Um, so. I would love to see our center grow enough that we are training enough folks as well as providing enough direct care services that when people need services, they can get them without a two, four, six month wait list. So that's my goal. And again, to really increase the interprofessional training. I'd love to see us do a lot more, you know, helping our social work students, counseling students, as well as our clinical students. Um, One of our other services we offer is, we have a brand new psychiatric nurse practitioner who is doing some medication management for our current clients, (laughs) um, but on a sliding scale. So again, another area that we hope to grow Um, as we expand because we know how hard it is to get medication management services that are affordable um, as well.